Shout out to the fans. Shout out to the followers. Shout out to the lovers. Shout out to the friends. This is Short Term High Volatility Investments, hosted by your main man, She's. You know me. It's Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. the old man of bets, alongside my main man, Ant Latino. You know him as the odds fellow. I know him as a guy who's on, what, an 8-1 and hot streak on free picks on Twitter. We're talking NBA. We're talking NFL. It's a weird week for us, but hey, sometimes you need to adjust to life without football. Ant, talk to the good people. How are we doing? The streak is up. We went one and one again last night. So nine and two, but nine and two still very good in the last 11. We're having a little fun with the NBA. It's rounding in the form. Um, and that gives me, you know, some some comfort, right? That if I'm not going to have football multiple days during the week and only one game left and no games this weekend, that at least I have something to turn to. And that's my sweet basketball, the sweet hardwood. Uh, I got the little guy in the family. He just started playing hoops, and so now we got hoops on Saturday mornings. We love that. And it's about to turn. I played some old man hoops last night. Comeback victory. I think I rolled an ankle because I only put a brace on one. And, and you know, that was the left ankle and the right ankle. Like, I think now I'm at the age where I'm going to have to – I'm going to be a double brace guy, you know? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Better to be a double brace guy than to be a guy in the hospital with a cast because you broke your ankle quite literally. And, you know, what I'm finding in my old age here, Ant, is that it's not that – People are breaking my ankles, right? I'm not getting crossed up on this the ones. Completely self-inflicted wounds. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe I'm trying to get out for a fast break, and then right. bam, you know, I catch a two, a, a toe, and, and then there goes that ankle, there goes that hamstring. I had a, a league game on Monday. Uh, it was a tough loss, but I went to take a charge, and this dude had probably five or six steps, full blown, head down, uh, and you know, I was nursing a rib injury. Thought I had bro- broke my ribs a couple months ago. Same exact spot. Pow. Two, two, two or three plays later, <laughs> I took one a, a kick on a, it was a fadeaway jumper. Guy kicks out, hits me right in the you-know-where, right in the family jewels, and I got called for a foul. Needless to say, I was unhappy with the refs that day, but, hey, that's okay. Yeah, uh, anyway. officiating uh, not too not too much to rely on there in the, the old league games throughout Westchester and New York City. But, hey, we get out, we hustle, we run, we sweat, we grind, bet by bet. We're, we're, you know, we're here for some fun this week. Hey, man, and we're not here to talk about old man league here. We're here to talk about the NBA, the pros. Uh, speaking of which, I got my NBA 75 hat on. Of course, on the other side, we got the New York Knickerbockers going to the game tonight, Ant. And, uh, you know, the people last time they asked – I'm two and one straight up money line uh, on pandemic games at the guard. The Knicks are plus three and a half tonight. Do you think we can make it three and one a little underdog victory? I think we can. And you even on that one loss, I believe you were live hedging yourself uh, throughout the evening, right? Yeah. Live hedging hit that one. Got a pretty good line on it. We lost on another buzzer beater, which would have been insane uh, because I was at that Celtics game where they were down 17 to four and then down 19 or 20 at the half. RJ Barrett bank three, even though the guy hadn't hit a shot all game. It was literally one of those moments where I was there with the lady for my birthday. And she was like, I'm so sorry that this is the game we went to. They were down so much. And then as that inbound pass comes in, I'm like, why would they ever give it to our wife? Right. Terribly, oh, <laughs> terribly drawn up. Looks like Tibbs. Looks like Tibbs had no idea what he was doing coming out of the sidelines. And so yeah. RJ banks at home. I know. And I feel like the Knicks in general have looked like they have no idea what they're doing all season. What the hell is going on with True. Jules? Jules, True. my guy. He got paid. He, my he got paid. Man got paid. <sighs> I know, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that he can't hit a mid range two anymore. You know, he used to be like be the professor of unoptimized shots, hitting that 18 footer all day. Now that's just Clang City, triple team on on the drives inside the paint and somehow not playing defense. That's, that's uh, but very anyway. true. Well, before we dive into the NBA, anything on the NFL worth hitting? You got any look-ahead spots or leans for the Super Bowl featuring the Joey Burrow and the Bengals versus uh, the 
Los Angeles Rams led by Matthew Stafford because he got out of Detroit. Yeah, I mean, the irony here, the Bengals have burned me two weeks in a row. The fact that the Chiefs, to, to, I mean, yeah. six points in two second yeah. halves against this Bengals defense is... I mean, I tweeted it at one point. I think I shared it with you, too. Like, I couldn't believe the similarities between that game because I'm thinking that game's the outlier. That The second half there was the outlier, right? The first the first right. half is what you were going to see. And when that happened again and repeated itself in the first half, it's like, oh, we're fine. We'll cruise into the second half, you know? Yeah. And, you know, not to, 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 to beat a dead horse or whatever the expression is, but when they lost that timeout on the bad spot on the first drive of the game and then don't have a timeout to stop the clock when they don't score that half, I mean, right, right. there, I was ready just to turn the television off. I'm like, yeah. you know, history writes itself. We know what's happening here. But look ahead here, Super Bowl 56. I think the halftime show is going to be pretty insane. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige. Although she is from the East Coast. I don't I get that. She's kind of part of that crew or their part or, you know, whatever. But that one I thought was a little bit interesting. But, you know, you got Eminem repping Detroit. You got Stafford repping Detroit. We feel good about that. I mean, my early lean is the Rams. Just this, pretty much the same handicap. The Rams are a complete say, team. Right? Exactly. right? Nothing has changed. And, um, yeah. you know, we'll go deeper yeah. on this and, and try to hit both narratives next week. Um, yeah. Just to arm everybody with every side and you can make your own decisions. But no, I think that O-line is finally going to be exposed. Is, is well, you'd hope so. I mean, what I, what I think what I underestimated in the cap, and again, we will go really deep next week. We'll, you know, we'll, dip, we'll let you guys know how long the show is going to be. We'll try and split it into props versus sides versus totals. I mean, Biggest game of the year. It's the one worth talking about. The props market is already out and moving. The the lines are already out and moving. But you know, one thing that I think I underestimated with the Chiefs defensive line, maybe compared to the Titans or again compared to the Rams, is just the ability to rush four, right? Rush four, rush five, get pressure uh, yeah. without blitzing. And I think I underestimated how blitz happy uh, Mr. Steve Spagnolo gets. Mm-hmm. And with that Chiefs defense, they really couldn't get pressure, or when they did. Burrow all of a sudden was getting out of it. Something, you know, I, I hadn't seen from him personally as much sure. watching games this year. But hey, we move on. I think one last thing I want to leave the listeners with is just a crazy stat trend thing. You know, you've probably heard the narrative already, right? Because I heard this quickly, right? There's only been two Super Bowls and it's two quarterbacks in NFL history that have won a college football national championship and a Super Bowl. Two. And throw a Heisman in there. Well, the first ever. None, he would be the first to win the Heisman, right? So yeah. Joe Montana, Joe Namath have done the previous thing I just mentioned. You sprinkle in the Heisman, which maybe we'll start calling the NFL Triple Crown, never has happened. He would be the first. And let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. The only common thread I see between those three quarterbacks is their first name. Do you have to be named Joe? wild right? to win the, the 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 double threat the triple threat trio baby i don't yeah. know yeah. that's just weird how that works i wish one well, of you also had you had one but... you had one underdog and one favorite i would imagine the joe montana led 49ers were favorites over the Bengals in that in that highly televised super bowl Namath, right. obviously the famous guarantee you know now you now you break the trend you know could it be two favorites and then and uh two two underdogs and a favorite so yeah obviously. We'll see. We'll see. But enough about that. We're got to prepare for the next sport, right? Ant's already been in it. Uh, I've been a kind of a post all-star game guy myself in the last few seasons on the NBA. I look more on player props. He looks on sides and totals. So we should actually have quite the comprehensive 360 degree view moving forward here, which we feel good about. Um, so we thought today we'd take a few minutes to talk a little bit about just kind of our strategy and approach uh, him on, on sides and totals. Uh, obviously, we've got you know some of our homies out there, Sharky Water Nation, 
and J Money is Money, who are absolutely crushing the NBA right now. I don't think what you'll hear from us is radically different between the, the you know the analysis that they do. Uh, but nonetheless, always good to get more POVs. We're trying to arm you with the knowledge, the skills, the things that we look for uh, so you can increase your bankroll, you can make more profits. And so far, We've both been pretty okay with that. I don't have my record right in front of me from last year, but was hitting at about 55% on player props in the second half of the season. Only real reason I don't dive in during the first half of the season is, one, data, not that statistically significant, and two, with football going on, I like to keep my focus there. But, man, how are we doing so far this season on the NBA? I'm doing well. Obviously, you know, a majority of my picks are in a a paid you know, community Slack environment that we have a lot of fun with. Uh, shout out to the GPO lock mm-hmm. gentlemen. But I still try to put a lot out there on Twitter, especially with the NBA, because it's nightly, it's daily, right? And you can have some fun with it. But right now I'm sitting at a clip of, you know, 54.93%. So just a hair under 55. Not the bad. units just dipped below 20, which has been my high watermark, you know, low 20s uh, of the year. So I'm at plus 19.74. I really want to cruise now, you know, into the all-star break, build a little bit of cushion above 20. And then after the all-star break, really try to hit the sweet spot of the season, um, you know, surpass that 30 number. I did have one slow stretch in early January that hopefully I put behind me where I dipped back down. Um, so it's been it's been good to get back to that, you know, high watermark area again now. And now we just got to smash through the wall, man. So. Yeah, that's, I love that. I just pulled up my NBA record here. 243, 204, and 4, 54% win percentage, 5.89 ROI. So my sample size isn't as large as it is compared to a couple, a couple other of the sports that I bet. But nonetheless, early indications show Profits. that our approach is directionally working. So we, we're looking forward to ramping that up full steam ahead. So NBA season, pretty interesting so far. Biggest surprises in it? Other than my Knicks being the worst team in the league, we don't need to talk about that right now. Mid-range Julius. I think for me, it's the top four seeds in the East. Now, obviously, a lot of things can happen. If you guys remember back to the first one to two, maybe even three weeks of the season, I believe the Washington Wizards were in the top spot for a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, if not the top three, top five. They are all the way down now in currently, I think, uh, 12th place. So things happen. Right. Standings move. But what jumps out to me in the East is just the top four. Right. Surprising. A loaded East. So you, you probably expect a Philly, a Brooklyn, a Milwaukee, uh, maybe a Miami. Right. Atlanta, if they were going to make a jump from last year. Your Knicks, if they were going to make a jump from last year, because I think they ended up in the four spot. The top four seeds in the East, if the season ended today, are Chicago. Philly, not surprising. Miami, not surprising. Cleveland. Right. So surprising. two out of those top four teams. Very surprising teams that I think everyone I personally did expect to do better. Um, probably the Cavs more so than the Bulls. Um, you know, so good job by both of them. But I, but I, even Cavs doing better, I would have said play it tournament to you, mm-hmm. not four seed, mm-hmm. right? Middling with hosting a home playoff series. So th- that to yeah, me and, jumps out. Yeah, and this Cleveland team is currently fourth in terms of average score margin, only behind Utah, Phoenix, and Golden State. I don't have strength of schedule numbers ahead of yeah. me, but plus 4.6, that's, that's pretty – that's pretty okay. Chicago here, plus two, good for 11th in the league. Do we anticipate regression coming there? Could be. Could be. They've been really banged up lately, too. So I wonder yeah. if that's hit a little bit of a skid. If you looked at their last 10, I could try to pull it up pretty quickly. It's probably a little messier. I think they did sure. get the win in the cover last night against Orlando. Um, somehow backdoored it to, to get a decent number. No, they're five and five in their last 10. Um, you know, I think, again, they had a stretch that, you know, where Levine was out. Uh, Caruso is out again. Lonzo Ball's been hurt. So, you know, just tough injuries. But DeRozan's probably the biggest, you know, free agent signing potentially of the offseason, maybe most surprising one that I I think a lot of people overrated. 
you know, he's doing what that team, what the Knicks probably expected Kemba to do. I think he's doing there in uh, in Chicago. Oh, the wound assaulted Burn. again, baby. Burn. Yeah, that was good. I'm going to get some aloe as soon as this call wraps up. Um, the Knicks are an absolute mess. I, I just don't understand it. But um, great points. Yeah. And, you know, good to see the Bulls kind of return to form. You know, yeah. that, that black and red. I mean, swagger alone through the roof. And I appreciate that. Absolutely. Cool. Well, so, let's let's dive. One thing I wanted to cover a little bit with you was just, you know, I haven't made any picks official on here. Maybe we'll do some on the show, but I think what we were trying to look at going forward, right? Obviously, I am betting it nightly. You're probably going to get into that from the props. We'll have more of this time. in the future. Mm-hmm. But right now, you know, what's what's interesting is you could look at updated season totals uh, or yes, no's to make the playoffs, right? And just sure. some value in the futures market. And I think you target a lot of these are very locked in. Right, because of how far we are, just what these they expect. The bottom feeders are the bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. You know, and the top five, six, seven, eight teams in these conferences are pretty set. But especially in the East, you know, the West was a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of firm. But in the East, there's a lot of teams I think that are in the mix. Right now, key reminder to make the playoffs, you have to get into the play-in. If you're in the seven to ten range that I'm probably talking about right now, seven mm-hmm. to twelve. And then win the play-in game. And I think you had a couple victories off of that last year. And one loss, maybe? Did you go end up going one-on-one? Yeah, the Warriors Warriors killed me on the play-in. Um, yeah. I forget who that one was. But took all of those second-half futures, essentially, to make the playoffs second-half futures. Uh, I think went three and one, four and one. Yep. It was definitely, definitely yeah, solid. It, but I know all, it was, it was one sweaty. Yeah. That's for sure. It came. Yeah, down and like to you said, it. you get one in the play-in, and the sweat only amplifies. Because then at that point, yeah. you could be in one or two do or die elimination style games, which in the NBA is crazy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I had two in the play in and one was the Warriors, whoever they played, the other team was the lower seed. So I'm pretty sure they had to win back to back and they did. I forget who right. it was, but right. <laughs> talk about sitting down on my couch with an ice cold beer and some prime real estate. And everybody's like, why the hell do you even care about this game? I'm like, well, let me tell you a short term, high volatility investment. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe you take the same approach too. We're still layering in the data, um, but I don't know if you want to touch on that approach from last year and what worked well, because I think we were starting to look at 538 and projected percentages to make the playoffs. You can mm-hmm. obviously pull other metrics. I think point differential is going to be really important on the back half yeah. of the year. You look Big for those time. regression spots or those buy low spots, like you mentioned with the Bulls are so key. Yeah, for sure. I mean, place to start for me is always going to be point differential juxtaposed to record. Try to figure out who's over-indexing, who's under-indexing, and then look at that kind of compared to strength of schedule, right? You could have a great point differential, but you've played only the bottom half of the league. Uh, That was actually one of the reasons last year why I didn't take the Knicks. Uh, They were very strong in the first half of the year, obviously very strong at the end of the year as well, uh, but their strength of schedule was was poor uh, coming into the All-Star break compared to the contenders they had to beat, and they they showed up, right? Outliers exist. That was cool, but definitely the place I start is going to be point differential juxtaposed with record figure out who's real and who's not or at least perceived to be i think you nailed it man with the 538 projections they've got two sets of projections which i think are very very interesting uh similar to how we use football outsiders for for football in in dvoa they've got their raptor projections which is essentially from my understanding they are running something like fifty thousand simulations of, of outcomes based on whatever their inputs are a little bit of a black box there to give you projected playoff chances to give you projected championship uh uh, appearance uh, projections, things along those lines. And then they also have the traditional ELO ratings, um, which you know takes into account kind of strength of schedule and gives you better points for better wins. Uh, but nonetheless, looking at the two of those combined with point differential, I think gives you a really good indication of, of who should be a contender and who's not. 
And um, then, of course, we look at, at assorted lines and hopefully you could find somebody who has a great point differential, but a terrible record who is projected to make the playoffs on both the ELO and the Raptor ratings from 538 at a juicy line. You know, that's kind of the best case scenario for me. Yeah. And again, I mentioned it. We're going to talk a little bit more about the East in this podcast, just because I think it's a little deeper, a little bit more contested. You know, in the West, um, sitting in the play in realm right now, you have the Timberwolves, Clippers, Lakers and Portland make out your seven through ten. Technically speaking, the Pelicans and Spurs and Kings are all in the hunt. Uh, The Pelicans are two games back, two and a half for the Spurs and a full three and a half. For the Sacramento Kings, I just don't think any of those teams scare anybody, right? The Spurs sure. don't really have the depth that they've had in the past. They're obviously rebuilding, which is interesting with Pop. Uh, the Pelicans, Zion, Zion is less. You know, he's just maybe eating his way out of New Orleans. We'll see what happens. Uh, I hope he comes back. I want to see him, but those reports are. You don't hear anything out of that camp anymore, which is terrible. Duke reunion coming here in New That's York right. City, baby. Really good. Yeah, R.J. Barrett. Zion himself. Coach K looking for an assistant coaching job, I heard, after he retires. Hey, he is hanging it up, so I think the timing works. Yeah, and timing is everything in life, right, dude? But, you know, you call out the Kings here, right? They're number 26 in the league in terms of average scoring margin, and the good old Pelicans, they're 25th. So those are not teams that I'm necessarily looking to turn it around. Obviously, injuries with Zion, a big big X factor there. But the Spurs, on the other hand, 18th at minus .02. Uh, so that could be an interesting one, kind of a team that I think a lot of people have sold on. You know, is this a good buy low? Absolutely. It could be a buy low. I think the problem with them where I don't trust them is can they do damage in a play in? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that makes it a little tougher. Right. When you actually look at the uh, projections to make the playoffs again, just kind of sticking to yours. You know, those are probably the two teams to target in the West. It would either be the Kings or the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um the Kings, statistically, as you just mentioned, worse. They also have a 0.2% for those Raptor ratings to make the playoffs, where you look up at the Spurs and you jump to 4%. And when you compare that 4% to the Spurs number, you know, there is value, right? Uh, the Spurs, therefore, would it be sitting at, let me just pull that up for you. No, not posted. F Kings, afraid to hang a number. There it is. Yes, plus 1,600. So, yeah, that is a big number, right? What worries me there is which again, we'll talk about a little bit when we switch to the East is I can't see either of those teams, the Spurs or the Kings, even if you want to look at their value in the buy low, getting through some combination of the Timberwolves, Clippers, Lakers, or Blazers. Sure. So for me, it's a no bet, but I think you're right. The Spurs would be the better of the two. And out of the whole West, the Spurs are probably your only option there to find some value. I can't even find Lakers odds yet. You know, those will probably pop up and ebb and flow. And the, the, the Timberwolves, to me, are a playoff team. Uh, the Clippers are super interesting, depending on what happens with you know injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. Does Kawhi come back? Does PG come back? Do they shut down the whole thing? They could be an interesting no bet, you right. know, sitting at eight, comfortably in the play-in mix. But it, if you're not, if you don't have those guys and it's just those cast of characters, again, do you trust them in the play-in? You know. Yeah, for sure. And they're kind of feel like they are right where they should be with this current squad. They're currently 20th in the league in terms of average point differential, minus 0.7. Um, so, you know, right there around even and what's their record 26 and 27, you know, it's, it's amazing when those numbers match up and, and something that, you know, just looking at our notes here that I think is super interesting is, 
you know, as we're trying to find these these future bets, these second half bets, of course, over the All-Star break, we'll have just about every team. So we will revisit this conversation. But, um, you know, using the projected at 538 projected percentage um, of, of playoff chances is also really interesting to then take the line. You know, you got Boston here at minus 175. Of course, that line is just an indication of probability as well. So being able to exactly. juxtapose kind of where the gaps are between the Raptor, the ELO ratings and the percentage of playoff makes versus what Vegas has in the line. Um, you know, something to obviously look at and, and kind of rehashing what we already said, but I don't think we specifically articulated that point, um, but a good way to, to find percent right. value. Yeah. And I mean, look, the three that jumped out at me and I, and I want to calculate some value off of this and figure it out based on the lines. But, you know, I think Boston, Atlanta and Toronto are probably all pretty good yeses. Um, the Boston one is heavier at minus 175, but you look at experience of this team, um, you know, in a one game scenario, can they get it done? I trust these guys. Atlanta where they were last year, where they came, where they started, where they came from. Uh, they've also been a team that has gotten a little bit hotter lately. Toronto's been surprising, young core, um, but but still playing well. Toronto kind of jumped out because that those odds are sitting at plus one ten for the yes. Still, mm-hmm. uh, they're currently in eighth, so they would be in a pretty comfortable spot to only have to win one playing game if they can get it done right away. Uh, and they have a sixty two percent chance per those ratings to make the playoffs. So sixty two percent versus the plus one ten. You know, pretty fair. Again, 56% for Atlanta, plus 150, right. 82% for Boston over the minus 175. So, you know, obviously there your your value is shrinking, right? It's less juicy, less fun, but there's reasons for that. These are teams that even from a projected ratings on 50,000 simulations, mm-hmm. it seems to play out that way. Yep, yep, completely aligned. Very interesting. And this, this um, you know, hate laying the juice like minus 175 here, but you got the Celtics in ninth in the East at 27 and 25, yet point differential, they're seventh best in the league. So, um, you know, that could yeah, be Yeah, Celtics for direction. me are one, you know, like I said, I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about those three. I don't think I'll play all three. That could be a value way to do it. Mm-hmm. But I may end up laying something between 1.5 and 2 units on that 175 number. I also saw it higher in some spots. I saw closer to minus 190 minus sure. 200 in some other spots. So that minus 175 is hanging there on DraftKings right now. I do think that's good value. Again, you probably have some upside in some value with the Hawks and Raptors based on the way they're playing. But get ready for the sweat, right? Because these are all teams currently in the play and mix. That's the Raptors are at eighth, the Hawks are at 10th, and the Celtics are at ninth. So you are talking play and sweat. Get on the old man who bets couch and he'll have a cold one with you. Hell yeah, plenty of room on the couch. And, you know, I think this is a conversation, again, that we'll pick up, you know, coming into the All-Star break. It'll be right after the Super Bowl is over and we won't have many sports to bet on. Obviously, we can look at college basketball as well. Excited to ramp back up on that front. But, Ant, the, uh, my spidey senses are tingling a little bit here. Perhaps you're percolating on a free pick for tonight, Wednesday, 2-2. I think I am. We want to keep 22 going. You know, 2-2-22. We're going to put $222 and 22 cents on this pick. I'm probably not doing that because I'm going to. Really, I initially released it as a half unit play to the Slack, so that does not equate <laughs> to units are usually cents. Yeah, but everybody standard do it. use it. I, heard. I may do it. I may do it anyway. But before we go there, real quick, do you have? Baby. Are you are you jumping on the the Knicks as a playoff team plus 900 right now? The no at minus 5,000. They're currently in 13th. Six back from 10th. I mean, I believe in Tom Thibodeau, the Dimsdale Dimodeau. Um, But I'm really concerned about Jules. I don't know. Honestly, I haven't. I'm not going to take anything until the All-Star break. Uh, I know we've got the trade deadline coming up as well. Um, Who the hell knows where this team's going to be at. But, 
you know, I'll get a good ocular pat down in person tonight at the garden. And uh, like I'll let you know to see how body language is. We need Jules to stop fighting his demons and start playing basketball. But um, if he does, you know, IQ looks great. Barrett looks great at Fournier. I mean, the scrappiest player in all the NBA and also a prolific offensive scorer. Not that he wasn't down in Orlando, but I didn't realize he was this good. Um, and he did drop a career high 41 points two games ago when I was there. So perhaps look at Fournier. There's a strong correlation of old man who bets in the building and my main man, Evan Fournier, Paulie okay. Francais, going off. Fair, um, fair. I, pro- prolific. I, th- I feel like you've been watching a lot of Walt Clyde Frazier. So props, props to the man. Yeah. Calling the games, time. maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think when we get into it, too, I think Indiana plus 4,000, the Knicks at plus 900. Interesting. Because, again, you get into the play and you could mm-hmm. you can make some noise. But let's sure. get to the 2-2. 2022, $222.22 special pick that we're going to have some fun with. We are targeting the Philadelphia 76ers for the first half, minus six. This is because Philly at home typically has been a little bit stronger in that spot. They have the leading MVP candidate who might be worth a sprinkle too. I think he's jumped into first in most places with Joel Embiid having another career year. He doesn't care that Ben Simmons isn't there. It doesn't matter. But specifically keying in on this and why is, Washington during their recent six-game slide, again, this is the same Washington that I said before, has fallen from as high as first to currently sitting in 12th in the Eastern Conference. During this six-game losing streak, their first half splits, they lost 74-62, 60-45, 63-41. Last night, 53-40. to They did have, so that's four, that would be four L's on this number that I'm about to give you. They did have a better spot uh, in a 55-54 game, I think was against Toronto. They lost Mm -hmm. in the second half. Then they did beat up somehow in the Clippers, the helpless, scrappy Clippers without PG and without Kawhi, 36-66. So they were up 66-36 at halftime. Somehow lost that game, 116-115. So piece it all together. This team is not playing a strong half. Uh, they can't put it together for four quarters for for sure. They've definitely come out a little slower, a little sluggish. Part of these games are without Bradley Beal, which I think you're going to continue to see here tonight. Mm-hmm. Philly comes in with Joel Embiid well-rested. He did not play the other night in a Sacramento uh, victory that the um, – I'm sorry, Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know why I wrote down Sacramento. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers without their MVP and their leader did beat the Memphis Grizzlies in overtime. Also a nice little revenge factor here. You go back to January 17th, not that long ago, and beat in the full crew in the lineup, obviously before the six-game slide that I just referenced. And the Washington Wizards beat these same Philadelphia 76ers 117-98. to They were up 61-55 to in the first half. The opening or closing line there was minus one or minus one and a half to Philly. Now you flip right back to this game. The line skyrockets up to 10 and a half, 11. I think you're going to get a strong performance right out the gate. I might look at the first quarter, but official minus six, minus 110 were the best odds I saw. So I saw some minus six, minus 115s, and also saw some minus six and a half, minus 110. So do some shopping. If you can get the six, I think it's worth it. All right. I love it. And, uh, you know, I think what's going on in the rest of the show, right? Obviously, NFL is over. Uh, NFL was beautiful because you get your lines a week in advance, but that doesn't mean that the show's going to stop. We're going to press on. We're talking NBA. We're going to be talking about what lines we need to bet games on Saturdays and Sundays, essentially prepping you for the weekend, what to look for, what to avoid, things along those lines. So uh, stay tuned. You know, it's going to be a, a great second half of the basketball season. We've got this Super Bowl special coming up next week, and then we've got the Probably basketball until baseball. And then uh, then it's just more data, more sports, more numbers. Any final words for the people out there? Hopefully baseball. I'll leave it with that. (laughs) 
True, true. Yeah, say a prayer to both the prophet yeah. gods and the baseball gods. Uh, and who the hell knows? If we don't have baseball, it's going to be a sad, sad spring. Um, but perhaps Lacks. we'll start betting on, yeah, Lax 2-0 and on the season for your boy. I hope you guys can find lacrosse yeah, lines. Yeah, follow him on Twitter because if you got lacrosse lines, Jeff I is clean those uh, up, the old baby. man is worth a look. Yeah, four years yeah. of college lacrosse will do that for you after well, I picked up a stick in second grade. So know the game well. But that's okay. Enough rambling about America's sport. Lacrosse, this has, this was, this always will be short-term high volatility investments until next week.